Welcome to the Great Base Tennis Podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy Fitzell, alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Smith. And in this episode... I've been called a lot worse. You've been called a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, we are talking about personality typing and brain typing. Something that we have a lot of fun with and it's very helpful. Yeah, let's go. I'm excited to talk about this. With Andy and I, our number one mentor, both of us, Vic Braden, um, I have a copy of John Neenagel's book. Um, it's autographed, dated 12-31-95. Vic wrote, Steve, this book is the future for us. Hope you enjoy it, Vic Braden. Yeah. Um, we'll get into Myers-Briggs first. Um, and then this right here is Neenagel, uh, John Neenagel. Now his son, Jeremy. Yeah working so closely with them. Uh, the efforts that uh, went all the way to uh, the cover of Tennis Magazine. Yeah. But uh, let's go through the Myers-Briggs, um, mother-daughter. Yep. The mother started almost 100 years ago, 1921. Uh, base, her studies were basically off of uh, the Swiss psychiatrist, Carl Jung. Yeah. Um, it's really, their approach is, how does one experience the world? It's not scientifically validated, the Myers-Briggs a type indicator or you know, personality test. Yeah. But it's a tool. It's an instrument. I like to use it as a self-report. In this magazine by Neenagel, it's something we have our students fill out all the time. There's so many questionnaires. There's so many surveys. Mm-hmm. But quickly, it's understand yourself, understand others. Uh, you know, it sometimes it's uh, criticized as pseudoscience. Um it's a lot of times in the world of academia, if someone doesn't have an MD or a PhD, um, some really good things get snubbed. Yeah. Um, I've had at least a half dozen tennis parents that were psychiatrists or psychologists who said uh, the Myers-Briggs is the best thing they ever learned in school. <laughs> to this day, all over this country, the U.S., college campuses and universities use the Myers-Briggs for job placement, trying right. to guide students on what to what to do. It's, it's used in marital counseling. Uh, we'll talk about that as we get into tennis parenting. Opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Kids know that. You know, we'll go through the, the the system itself, and then it makes much more sense how a kid we can become a master manipulator <laughs> because they know the, the parents differ. Yeah, it, It's really more clinical observation. Uh, one thing with Braden, uh, I had the nickname from Vic uh, be that I was the observer's observer. I like to watch people. Mm-hmm. He called me that before he introduced me to the um, Myers Briggs. It was, you know, I, I met Vic in the seventies, so seventies, late seventies, but seventies and eighties. It wasn't until the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about that. Vic was so enthusiastic about so many different things when he when I first heard him talking about how you know John Neenagel's work that's you know in addition or building upon Myers Briggs. I thought it was like Vic going from, you know, electric myography to brain <laughs> scanning to yeah. computennis. Like this is going to be it. But yeah. um, I'll say it more than once. He actually traveled I'm, for well over two decades, and everywhere he went, he took Neenagel's first book. Yeah, I mean, he was really in awe of John Neenagel. Yeah. Um, why don't you just touch about uh, sixty forty uh, nature nurture? Yeah, with with the personality test. I mean, it's more you know that typing and Carl Jung is more his typology, not his psychology, but yeah, nature versus nurture, 60% inborn. So innate 
and we'll get into motor skills, you know, but extroversion, introversion, those kind of things that you're going to be innately born with one of the two or one of the different areas. But, you know, the surroundings that you grow up in, your environment, how you're nurtured is about 40%. That's a generalization. I think 60, 40, it could be higher or lower, but that's generally accepted from what I've heard, 60, 40. So the 40% is still very, very important obviously how you're raised and, and grow up, but, but under pressure, especially people are going to revert to their innate inborn design. Well, we have young listeners, but also uh, just the history of the game. People should know who even young or not, Stefan Edberg and John McEnroe. Yeah. I think one of the best ways to you know, tell people, Hey, okay, listen up. Uh, they have the same brain type. Yeah. A little bit different. You know, yeah. whether you're a New York, New Yorker, or you're growing up in Sweden, or you, so you, everything, uh, your parents, your siblings, schooling, everything affects the way one is. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Balateri, they have a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick, he just keeps going and going. Um, just think about how many tennis families he met. So you have to, if you, not that Nick is using the, Myers-Briggs or, or knee-noggle brain typing, but when it comes down to how are the people wired? How's the mom wired? How's the dad wired? How, how you know, how, how is it read? So it's yeah. in tennis, you know, obviously, you know, strength of ours is a nuts and bolts technique. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next, you have to have the, the nuts and bolts, the techniques to start to teach tactics. But then the, the psychology, it's a soft science, but, but it's kind of like meet your brain. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think with Daniel Coyle and the talent code, myelin, to be a myelin farmer, <laughs> um, to produce more myelin, and it's produced, you know, through repetition. So it's no longer referred upon as muscle memory, as brain memory. So basically, you're talking about the personality typing, the brain typing, it really has so much to do to help someone get better, whether you're, even for yourself, but self-awareness, but helping people be better teachers and better players. Yep. So every time you meet someone, I, I've been, like you have, been using this system, the Myers-Briggs personality test. Now, I, I know that you take it to a new level. I, I deal more with a personality side. So I think a Myers-Briggs personality, I think mm-hmm. it need not go brain typing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to every time you meet someone, it doesn't put someone in a box, but it yeah. just helps understand the, the type of decisions that people are going to make. Yeah, how they see the world. Right. Or interpret I mean, the world. With uh, and we'll get through. We got to go through the different the different preferences. You, the word preference. What do you prefer? So thinkers can feel and feelers can think. Right. So you're actually both. Um, with for myself working as a coach and a supplemental coach. A supplemental coach is the people we've worked with send us students. So over the course of the year, we we meet quite quite a few people. The numbers of people that voluntary has met with. You know, if you think such a large <laughs> large playground. Yeah. Um, but when you meet a player, typically. Um, you meet a player and their parents. So mm-hmm. you multiply, I should say you add. So you, you meet one, but you're talking, you're dealing with three. Yeah. Um, and we've, we touched upon that in these podcasts. You know, the single parent, okay, a lot of times that's simpler, not from a financial standpoint, <laughs> but well, we'll get into the tennis parents. Where, the, where parents yeah. can, they can cancel each other out. The chefs in the kitchen. With um, coming back to factors that, um, are on the table is attitude of the household, 
the parenting, mm-hmm. the breakdown of the siblings, the schooling, you mentioned that, all the different experiences, the culture they're from, the challenges in front of them, the setbacks, the hardships, with um, the preferences, we'll go through the different the 16 different brain types. Mm-hmm. They're also called by some people attitudes. What's your attitude towards it? Mm-hmm. Um, one's your primary, one's your secondary. Um, and again, just to hear that again, thinkers can feel and feelers can think. With um, You're looking at different types. So here are some things I will tell children all the time, tennis juniors, two types of people, victims and survivors. <laughs> and when we get into the brain type, we could circle back to that feelers and thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, many times the, the, the feeler is going to play the role of the victim, the pity party, mm. poor me syndrome. Mm-hmm. Here, there's three, type of, three types of people, the people that um, make it happen, the people that know it happened, and the people have no idea it happened. <laughs> and usually the people make it happen, that's the smallest group. This is one that we use all the time. And come back to this when we think of the, the different segments. But to me, this is also personality typing. Okay, there's four types of people. You got a jawbone, and you'll hear us talk about a term like extrovert. Mm-hmm. You got a knuckle bone, a term like feeler. Uh, funny bone, you know, everything's a joke. Um, that's going to be a person who's more the entertainer. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the different brain types have descriptors, There's, and that's one of them, to be an entertainer. Yeah. The backbone. And... So again, the brain typing, you have to, the influence, I really like to make a study of the parents you know, behind every, um, right. how's the joke go? Behind every great man, there's a great woman. That's not really how it goes. Behind, behind every successful man or um, yeah, behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. <laughs> um, but the, the five types of players, you just add one. So it's jawbone, knucklebone, funny bone, backbone, and wishbone. <laughs> and you know, these, you know, a fantasy tennis player who's not, not in the moment. So we'll get into that where terms like sensate and intuitive, um, the, you could be an introverted extrovert, an extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very difficult. For example, say, uh, an introvert is, he's, he or she, they're brought up in a family of extroverts. So they're forced to be an extrovert, just like someone with a job. Get some food. With, um, you know, the four sections, 16 types. Um, why don't you jump in here? So the gain energy or an E or an I, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you went through the benefits for me, just going back to that quickly. You know, with sports, obviously, and, and this will get into typing a little bit more, but being able to find your best sport with education, your interests, your best subjects, what they may be. I think it's invaluable really for, for parents, especially listening. This can help you with, with your kids um, in all areas of life. And also even with, with your own spouse, you know, with your marriage, it can help with understanding and all those kind of things. My wife and I were pretty much opposites. And like I was talking to Jeremy briefly today and I was saying, yeah, there's, there's no way that there's going to be a, a dirty dish left in the sink by the end of the day. You know, she's going to, she's going to get that done. But if you can understand your significant under other, that helps a lot as well. But so going into the letters, we've got E or I. So E stands for extroversion or extrovert, we'll say, 
But the E's are focused on the outer world, like to expend energy. They're action-oriented. They make things happen. They're energized by the world around. They engage with the world. You typically see them have more eye contact when they're speaking. They're expressive, a little bit faster in speech. And one thing that I find interesting with decision-making is that an extrovert really only needs about 30 to 40% of information to make a decision. Whereas on the flip side, I'll talk about introverts, they need about 70 to 80% of the information to make a decision. So they're not as quick to just go and act. But so on the flip side, the introvert is focused on the inner world, conserves energy, less action, fewer tasks, um, generally more reflective, less eye contact when they're speaking. This is general. It's not to say that people are just bashfully shy, um, but softer, slower speech. Those are some of the typical things that would describe an introvert. One thing with the E and the I, um, E's go to a party, they get home and they call people who are at the party, ask them how they like the party. I's will go to a party and I's can act like E's if they're with a group of people they're comfortable with and a subject matter they're comfortable with. But I like to tell tennis parents this, an E will go to the backboard and get lonely. And I can go to the backboard and go, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And I'll talk about, you know, with introvert, extrovert, it's really where do you get your energy from? So the extroverts, you know, they need the outer world. And then the introverts, they need to be alone to recharge the batteries. Yeah. And one thing is very important is the extroverts, it doesn't mean Greg Gary is outgoing. Yeah. You know, like it, it's in our my notes here that uh, uh, Jimmy Connors is an introvert. Yeah. But he was on the stage performing. No one would have ever guessed his introversion. And same with McEnroe. Where Pete Sampras was a flip. Right. Yeah. Most people would think, oh, Sampras. Yeah, with McEnroe, introvert. it's in my notes that Braden was at a U.S. Open function, and he happened to be with McEnroe's mother, late mother, and asked, do you think your son John is an extrovert or an introvert? And she said, he's a flaming introvert. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he... You know, so many years now, he's making his living speaking into a microphone. Yeah. So people would think that he's a he's an extrovert. Yeah. I remember Vic telling me a story. I think he was at the airport in New York. And same thing. He heard this like, Stan, Vic, Vic. He's looking around. He can't see anybody. And then around comes around the corner comes John. You know, like he was like basically hidden. Hey. But yeah, Johnny Carson as well. Vic talked about him a lot, how he was really introverted. Mm-hmm. With um, talk show host, extroverts more energy. They're the everyday baddie. They can keep going and going. But the intro, the introvert, they need more of a timeout. They need to escape, get away from it, yeah. get away from people, get away from the action. Yeah. Um, but again, that's where they gain energy from. So how about gain information? Go the the S and the I. Yeah. So gathering information, we've got the S, um, sensate, the realist. Um, step-by-step learning, five senses, kind of here and now people, really practical, literal, tangible. Um, They like directions, you know, using understandable language. A lot of times people say down to earth. And then the ends are more idealistic, optimistic, future-oriented. A lot of times they may forget where they put the keys, they overlook the little things, and they're more sixth sense or intuition, more big-picture, global-oriented, conceptual, figurative, um, following a hunch, for example, some things that may describe an, an intuitive. They use intuitive because the end's already taken, um, or the I, sorry, is the already, I's taken. already taken. So they use the the second letter, N, intuitive. 
Yeah, S's are in the moment. It's the Michael Jordan. Yeah. Give me the basketball. Let me shoot. No consequences. Um, I think of having young kids when they find out who their idol is, like a Roger Federer's an N, and they're I'm an yeah. N. Roger's <laughs> yeah, an N. Roger's exactly. an N. I'm an N. But the N uh, with nerves. Some great, great tennis players are N's, but N's get ahead of themselves in the score, for example. Yeah. And um, yeah, so an S or an N. I think that with with young junior tennis players, that is one of the more difficult ones to read of the of the four categories. But at the same time, you know, the N is going to be, you know, having lunch and ask you what's for dinner. Yeah. You know, they get ahead of themselves. They're just not at lunch. Well, and I think that's where, you know, with John's work, John Neednagel, and, and taking everything a step further beyond the typology where you get the motor skills in there. You know, and they, they have done some genetic testing, but the motor and, the, and then the speech skills, and that's where you start to you know, really, okay, yeah, this is, this is your type. This is who you are. Because even in taking a lot of those tests, you know, it can be 50%. Someone takes the test in the morning and then they take it in the afternoon and it's different. So it's a little, it can be a little more accurate. Um, This is way more important than just a rainy day exercise, but obviously a rainy day players should show up for practice. You know, we use actually the the questionnaire from uh, this tennis magazine article Joel Drucker, by the way, I mean, Joel Drucker is a friend of mine that I spent many years with at the Indian Wells tournament. I got to know him. He's part of that article, and and we we can get into that story with John. But he loved to talk about brain typing. Well, yeah, with with the article, one thing is that uh, he had never met John Neednagel. Yeah. And he guessed that he was left-handed, described everything. Just body type, movement, what his strengths and weaknesses were. And in the article, he says, I think he was at the, my club on Sunday spying on me. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Vic Braden was in awe of John Neednagel's ability to, to read people. Why don't you quick tell a story about um, Stephen Covey? I don't know if I know that story too well, but from Stephen Covey, you know, he had this um, these planners, you know, where to help organize your life and, you know, this big structure guy and, and he came to the tennis college and their whole group basically. And John typed each person. And then basically with Stephen Covey, he said, yeah, and, and you know, you basically need this more than everybody else because he's, he's not innately organized. He was a P. Yeah. Which we'll get into here. He was there with uh, some of the leaders from his company. Yeah. The late Stephen Covey habits of seven highly successful people yeah. as well. But um, you know, they had products for, helping people become more organized. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they found out the CEO was, you know, he just came around and said, well, you're not that organized. <laughs> you're not very organized. But at the same time though, everyone was skeptical. Yeah. And when I first heard Vic talk about it, I was a little skeptical. I said, okay, Vic, mm-hmm. I know you're enthusiastic about new things. Mm-hmm. But the one thing was, is I guess there was a dozen people on staff or 12 of his people showed up and, and they started questioning him. And he just said, well, let me tell you about everybody in the room. Yeah. He just, and he, it was like, the people go, this guy's known me for my whole life. This guy's just telling me, and I just, he's just got to people watch people walk and listen to their voice. That, the motor movement, I mean, that, that's the level he is at. Yeah. But he's, every, people listening need to know that he, he's dedicated his whole life to it. No, and that's where, you know, even though the the science may not be totally there yet, his accuracy is amazing, and he, the proof's in the pudding. 
you know, and that's why you know they still work with the Boston Celtics and the, and the Philadelphia Eagles right now, the two big clients, you could say, and you know, helping them with with draft picks and all that stuff. No, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think fifteen. Um, I, Jeremy told me I think around fifteen or so teams. With uh, my brother Mike was in charge of three NHL hockey teams, and years ago I told him that he should. Yeah. You know, and he didn't do it. But uh, at my mother's funeral, I should say our mother's funeral, I wrote an eulogy and had one of my friends re- read it. Mm. And how's that go? And um, when you're crying, uh, you breathe in when you're crying, so you can't speak when you're crying. So when you speak, you're expelling air. Yeah. But you know, my mother was an ENFP. Well, we'll get into putting them together. So she yeah. was a Pied Piper, and and you know, he said to me, he "Goes, I've never heard of that." because you don't listen to me. <laughs> but um, the next one, make decisions. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? So we've got the E and the I, the yes and the yes N. And the N yeah. So you know, when people hear this, go through it, okay, you're either an E or an I, an S or an N, or a T or, a T or an F. So like, and there's many, you can get online and look through Myers-Briggs, there's all sorts of questionnaire yeah. surveys. Uh, but the one from the tennis magazine is one that we use. And it's just very simple questions. And actually, when you fill it out, there's an A or B. Yeah. But then you C is for when somebody else fills it out, what do they think you are? Exactly. I think it's a good idea to have have your parent, have your friend, have multiple people. And then... Oh, even yeah. in a group setting. Yeah. You know, we use the term, you know, ask a question. All right, your doubles partner, is he a T or an F? Thinker or feeler? And it's like, sometimes the answer is he's a capital F. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. There's positives and negatives to each category. It's not like, okay... Um, and again, you can, with someone, if they're a feeler, you, that's your job as a trainer, a teacher, you just know it's going to be more work to bring the T out. Yeah. And that, and that really in the end is, is the goal is that you, to become balanced. Yeah. So thinker feeler, one thing to, to point out, it has nothing to do with gender. So it's not male, female when you talk about this. Um, but the, but thinkers are more logical, systematic, um, they tend to criticize a little bit more. They're into laws and justice and truth over tact. I think that's a, that's a big one. Command, they're a little bit aloof or can be, um, and issue-oriented. And then the feelers, the F, is more personal. Um, subjective reasoning tends to appreciate, you know, believe in mercy, um, tact over truth, persuasion, their warm expression, um, personal, and a little more people-oriented generally. Yeah, it's logic or emotion. Yeah. Now, for example, for myself, I'm a ENFJ. I'm an introverted extrovert. A lot of mm. people could show up, and you know, I run programs where there's you know 20 plus courts, and um, I could be over in the corner doing video. People don't know I'm in charge, but there's other times where I have a whistle. Yeah. There's other times where I can have the coaches all sit down with me, and I can run the program. For, from, from one position, as long as I have my whistle. Yeah. So, um, logic or emotion, you know, some eight-year-old, they've got the wrong grip on the backhand side. Mm-hmm. That So, you know, a lot of times people think being a feeler is a bad thing, but you just have, it's a great thing. You know, when it comes down to, yes, we need to put gasoline on the fire or the fact that the kid's got the wrong grip. He's only eight years old. Yeah. Um, so your E or an I, S or an N, T or F. Yep. And then the last, the last one. Yeah. It's basically, you know, how are you going to take action? J's and, and 
where John is taking this a step further is, you know, he's talking more, I was talking to Jeremy today in all the, oh, I guess you'd say lingo with, with when you're talking about the brain, you know, the more he did all this research and, and getting into the neuroscience of things, it started to make sense to use terms that refer more to that area, you know, talking about the brain, whether it's left side, right side, front, back. And so Jays are left-brained, but they like organization and structure. They like closure to things, finalizing, they're a little more analytic, piece by piece, work ethic. Um, they're resistant to interruptions, so not necessarily going to like that or new information. Typically neat and orderly in appearance, like to enunciate words. Um, but I just think Jays, you know, like closure to things. They like to have a plan. They like to know what they're going to do, what they did. Um, and then the P's, the right brain, they're adaptable, more flexible. They like to begin projects, a little more playful by nature. They're open to interruptions or new information. And their appearance typically expresses a little more freedom and relaxation. But P's, I'm a P. I like to have my options open and go with the flow a little bit more versus being tied down. Because you kind of think like, well, okay, I, I could commit to that, but maybe something, maybe something cool out there could happen or, you know. So peas want to go with the flow a little bit more. One thing, once you, we tell athletes, once you find out what your brain type is, a really good exercise is to try to do just the opposite. Try to, try to think if it's okay, if, yeah. I, if I'm an E, I'm going to try to be an I. Right. Um, with training tennis coaches, a lot of times what will happen is someone will be very good at, um, you know, say working, they're working the front desk, mm-hmm. they're making phone calls, uh, they're running the social. Yeah. And they never learn to teach, you know, because it's, you know, they're always with uh, whatever they're strong at. Hmm. So especially when people are young in their career, it's, it's really good to have them float around to do and be in every part of the, you know, the coaching program, the hmm. tennis program. So I said, okay, you're just doing one thing. Yeah. Um, so here are the 16 descriptors in ISFP. Oh, in Nee Niles first book, and then even now you spoke, spoke to his son, Jeremy, today. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from his first book, I mean, he went through, you know, athletes from yesteryear. Yeah. And at the time, current athletes. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine take uh, Need Nigel's book, and it was uh, Jim Courier's mother. It's okay, re- you know, re- read what he wrote about your son and then tell me if, just like with Vic Braden asking uh, John McEnroe's mother. So ISFP. And the, so you're saying you showed it to Jim's mom? My friend said, my friend t- had her read the book and she said, yeah, I agree with, you know, what Neat Nagel said. Yeah, that's cool. Um, ISFP, friendly artisan, an INFP, an idealist. ISFP is a helper. INFJ is a wordsmith. ISTP is a, the athletic artisan. You know, for tennis, that's the best brain type. But yeah. when people find out they're... ISTP, there's um, the INFJ, there's not so many INFJs that really struggle, but everybody can learn to play. But yeah. is it, we'll go through, like, say, why is ISTP the best? But then it's like coming back to Roger, he's not an ISTP. Yeah. So he, he's doing okay. Yeah. An INTP, Master of Logic, ISTJ, the investigator. And in Ninago's book, for example, I'll go through that in my notes here. Like, say, John Wooden, mm-hmm. ISTJ, investigator. Yeah. Um, I know my father, my, my mother, 
I, she didn't want to do it, but I gave her this questionnaire. It says, first of all, I don't want to do that. You know, so I was very convincing, persuasive, um, a pain. I'd say, no, you got to do it. You got to do it. So had her do it, 15 people. So her father, my grandfather, her son, my brother, her husband, my father. Mm-hmm. So 15 times four, you got 60, 60 letters. We agreed on 59 out of 60. Hmm. So um, we said ISTJ, INTJ applica- applicator of ideas. But if you just work it and there's, all you got to do is go to um, the computer. And if you were to plug in on YouTube, each of these, yeah. you know the letters. So you just plug in IS, ISFP, okay? You find out that, you know, Bjorn Borg was an ISFP. Right. But you, you wouldn't necessarily find that from YouTube, but you're going to find out how the ISFP wire. So you have yeah. his wire. So you go through it. Yeah, just Google the acronym. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, or you go to YouTube. I mean, I'm sure they have videos on everything. Oh, and there's so much to read about. There's so many books yeah. that have been written on Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Um, but that's that's all on the I side, the, the introversion. But then on the E side, um, why don't you read off these descriptors, Andy? Actually, I don't have those right. Okay, I, I could do it then. Yeah, now, ESFP is, the, ESFP is the entertainer. Um, ENFP is the Pied Piper. ESFJ is the friendly facilitator. ENFJ, the empathetic educator. ESTJ, the supervisor. ENTP, the planner. ESTP, the promoter. ENTJ, the CEO. Um, with, you know, you from old players from yesteryear, um, I know that you're more current with the players of today. Um, you, know, you know, say say Sampras, ENTP. Mm-hmm. Better, ENTP. Djokovic, ENTP. Nadal, ENTP. With, um, at least that's what John I think, has typed them as. I think kids will start saying that they're an ENTP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like Billie Jean King's a, um, a CEO um, with, you know, just to go through all of these, like Chrissy Everett's an ISTJ, great focus. Mm-hmm. Jack Nichols, a golfer, ISTJ. Um, but we'll, we'll come back to that. But that's how you get the letters E or I, S or N, T or F, J or P. Acronym. Put the four four together. Yeah, you come up with sixteen. Uh, John Niedagel's first book, four hundred pages. Um, you know, Vic's enthusiasm for it. Um, when it comes down to, um, he he just was. You know, I remember Vic saying, "Steve, we should have been teaching ISTPs and ESTPs." Yeah, yeah. you know, I'd put ENTP ENTP there, uh, but again, people. <laughs> Tennis players, you know, if they find out, okay, I'm a J. Js learn through routines. Like Stan Smith was a J, certain volleyer, over and over and over again. Ps learn, you know, they can be more spontaneous and more random. Hmm. So it's just once once you know how someone is is wired. Um, I mentioned he always traveled with a book. Um, when it comes down to um, in the in the in the book. Um, not only did he cover people in the media, athletes and coaches, but he talks about parenting. Yeah. And also in his book is how to brain type a child, how to, how to get a handle on that. Well, let me just mention yeah. quickly too, is he's got that book. You can still find that book online. I don't think, or I'm not sure if you can buy it new. If you go to braintypes.com, you can look into that. But 
on braintypes.com. He has brain types and parenting. So that's a book that was released in 2011 and it's awesome. So you can check that out. I think it's 1995. I know that people, um, like anything, people put a lot of time into reading about one's horoscope. Um, I tell people, this is not a horoscope. It doesn't put someone in a box. Yeah. Coming back to Ed Berg and Macaron being so this, so much the same. Yeah, the nature um, nurture, but you know, there is that inborn preference, if you will. Yeah. Um, coming back to NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, um, there's been big decisions where Need Nagel, for example, hmm. um, understand that Ryan Leaf is doing much better, has life together. But Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, and Ryan Leaf, um, I believe it was uh, ESTP versus an ESTJ. But the ESTP, almost, it's interesting, almost every quarterback in the NFL is right. an ESTP. Yeah. And a lot of the famous ones. Yeah. Um, so what it comes down to, major decision. With uh, the movie, which I'm a big fan of, Miracle on Ice, Herb Brooks, 1980 yeah. Olympic hockey team. He had the players go through testing. They're taking you know, psychological mm -hmm. profiling, personality type. And one of the lines from the movie, I don't want the best players. I want the right players. Yeah, I love that. With, um, to me, I would think college coaches would want to be all over you know, trying to find out, um, I mean, if they're recruiting a EF, okay, they're, you know, EFP, mm -hmm. um, ESFP, that they're 18, 19 years old, and ESFP get their energy from the outside, they're in the moment, making decisions with their heart, not their head. Mm -hmm. They're going with the flow. They don't have a structured day. They're away from their parents, and the ESFP is going to go out on Tuesday, and they're going to ask, what's going on? They go, I'm celebrating Tuesday. <laughs> and they're going to go out on Wednesday. They go, what are you doing? I'm celebrating Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but to know that, um, that okay, the ESFP, is that's the entertainer, and they may party a little bit. Well, and then also when we get into motor skills, that's not quite. Yeah, we'll go through that, yeah, yeah. motor skills. With... Um, and that's something for the listeners is I'm very much working this system every day on the personality side, dealing yeah. with parents, dealing with kids, yeah. um, trying to get the introverts to uh, yell out the happy birthday. Yeah. Sing happy birthday, sing it louder, mm -hmm. tell us a joke get in front of the people, mm -hmm. in front of the people. And they just totally freeze and their heart <laughs> rates going way up and they're inside. They're just imploding. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, You got to get out of your comfort zone. And that's where you want the, you know, the extroverts, okay, mom and dad, um, to tell a kid to shut up. <laughs> I know that's not, that's smooth, but it's okay. It's really, there's a time and place for that. Yeah. Um, you know, just on along those lines, it's silence. The extroverts don't like silence. They're just going to initiate conversation. They're going to just say something to say something. <laughs> where the introvert, they actually cherish, they love, they love silence. Okay, I don't hear anything. Yeah. And, you know, you just think about going on long car rides with people. Um, <laughs> you could be in a car with a total extrovert. I hope the radio works and I hope it works loud. <laughs> with, um, I spent uh, time in uh, Bexhoe, Sweden, and the Davis Cup coach for years was Callie Hogeskog. And I remember he tested all his players. What was that name? 
I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. I like it. it just, Callie. That was pretty cool. The, um, the last name, the last name. Hogeskog. I mean, with uh, it's kind of tra- trained with a, a Swedish coach. He finally gave up. Thomas Olestedt. Yeah, I was going to say that has to have an O in there with two dots over it. But Thomas Olestedt. Remember, by the time you know he was finishing this program we had for tennis teachers, he was Tom Olestedt. <laughs> I go Olestedt. You're going down the world. It's going to help out a little credibility. <laughs> uh, Being yeah. tall, Swede, you play well. You need to become Thomas Olestedt again. Yeah, exactly. So I can tell people I can speak Swedish. Oli, Uli, Oli, Uli. I come from Stockholm. <laughs> I hit with topspin. That's pretty good. But um, well, I remember what he told me is that I just want to know my players better. Yeah. I just want to know my players better. Yeah. You know, there's so many personality tests. You know, you take the test, at all these questions. When you were a kid, did you want to be a fireman or a policeman? I mean, sorry, like, okay. Yeah. Um, I like this line from the book I was reading today. It was, Psychology, and I know we're talking about typing as well, but psychology is basically what makes people tick and what ticks them off. Like you know, that. say that again. So it's breaking down psychology into what makes people tick and then what ticks them off. Yeah. Um, one thing that ticks me off is a kid misses a shot <laughs> and he looks at the racket. Yeah, happens you get, all the time. Get over here. We, we have to have a conversation. It's a Bradenism. It's the toad at the end of the racket. <laughs> exactly. With um, user error. The okay, let's go through the ISTP. I mean, McEnroe, Edberg, Connors, Laver, Naratilova, Graf, and and again, is this consistent straight across the board? I've seen Lendl's name on, on under different categories. Mm-hmm. Selish, Chang. Why don't you tell us why the IST, why is that such a good brain type? Well, the, you know, introverts tend to focus better than the extroverts. I always think of the story of Vic Braden used to tell when he had his ski school in Aspen that he had, you know, three introverts go down the hill with an instructor and then three extroverts. And in the two different groups, they would always have someone ski down behind them or next to them. And when they studied it, all three of the extroverts turned to look at the person that went by, down, and all three introverts stayed focused on the instructor. It's like when the the, the gate of a tennis club opens yeah. up, and if someone comes through the gate, every extrovert turns They're and looks. Look. Yeah. They're going to look. Yeah. So that ability, I think, to, to focus is there with the introverts. Um, we'll get into the, the motor skill combinations here doing this a little bit, but the STs are basically fine motor dominant. They're really proficient from the finger to the elbow. That's where they're wired. So when we talk about the, the motor cortex, and it kind of goes from the top of the brain, it's kind of like a skinny region that goes from the top of the brain down in the middle of the brain. And, and the SF, those two, the, the sensate feelers at the top, that's gross motor skill, but the STs, the next one down, they're fine motor dominant, so they're really great with the muscles, the finger to the elbow. Um, so they're really great with hand-eye coordination, especially if you're an STP. Um, they're the best with hand-eye coordination, like Andre Agassi, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. Um, the STJs, I understand it, are more controlled with, with using both hands, the dexterity. But hand-eye coordination superior is with the STP. So you've got the ST with great motor skills. The S's are in the moment. They're great problem solvers. They're thinkers, right, analytics. And then the P's can adapt. They can go with the flow and then they also spatially see the field better. Like the peripheral is better. 
versus a J is going to have a little bit more like a tunnel vision. So if you just take that into sports, or even when we're talking about going back to quarterbacks, you've got an extrovert who wants to make things happen a little bit more. They've got the energy and then the fine motor skills. So you get quick release. They're, you know, good with the forearm. And then you got the P so they can adapt. If somebody's covered, they're going to be like, oh, no problem. I'm going to hit this guy over here. So that's really what makes the, the quarterback, the ESTP brain type so great. Whereas Ryan Leaf, you know, $50 million or whatever that was, if you're a J, he's going like, oh, you know, my guy's covered. What do I do? He's not able to adapt so well. And then also just spatially see the field as well as a P would. With uh, like an ISTP, yeah. ISTJ. So Chris Everett is an ISTJ. So great focus. Yeah. Now, but she... She didn't play spontaneously. I mean, yeah. she's a very, very structured player. Pease will be more risk takers than yeah. AJ. Yeah, when it comes down to doubles, we'll talk about that, deuce court, ad court. Yeah. But say, for example, today you spoke to John Son Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, like I would say, okay, I, I, I've been doing this for 25 years, but I'm going to tell people I'm not an expert, but I'm going to guess three out of four. Yeah. If you guess three out of four, you're in the ballpark. Yeah. There's a famous story about Chris Everett when she was a kid. She was playing and. Um, you know, now that I'm at this, that age, I could say this without any hesitation when you're between 65 and dead. So a lot of the people, in the, you know, they volunteer and they're lines people. So an old person, love old people like myself. So this old person brings the chair out and almost puts it right on the baseline. And Chris Everett, she, you know, at her backswing, mm-hmm. she just barely touches the person in the chair. And then, you know, it was a long rally and she kept getting close to the guy, but She's playing pretty close to the baseline. Mm-hmm. So she wins the tournament, as always. Mm-hmm. And they said, they, ask her, they asked her after, afterwards, did the umpire bother you and he, when he moved his lines to the, the chair? And she said, what chair? What, what umpire? <laughs> exactly. She was just so focused. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is a fact. Today, kids, their attention span, you, know, you just read here, there, and everywhere that it's going down because of you know, what they do with... Uh, Electronic gadgets. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, just, you always talk about, you can't microwave tennis, you can't microwave player development, stage development. But these days you can, just like you said to the listeners, if you want to Google ISTP, you can do it and have an answer right there in your fingertips within a few seconds. So it's, it's instant gratification. I used to tell kids we'd be in a van and I'd say, all right, for tomorrow, everybody bring in a quote from Winston Churchill. And now they yell it out. Got it. I got because, it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. but it used to be um, go to the library or if you're, you know, you're lucky if your parents had an, an encyclopedia, instead of encyclopedias, you just, you just look it up. Yeah. So ISTP. Um, the P's, by the way, I mean, we're just kind of going to go through this um, as we go along here, but the P's are going to be more fluid in their movement. J's typically are more mechanical. So you'll see that. I mean, we're talking to tennis players here. You'll see on the court where players, you can tell, you know, not to me that Jays can't look fluid when they start to master a skill, but but not like the P's. They're going to have more fluidity to them than the Jays will. Well, great base tennis. Um, Peter's Cookie Moore, he put together a 16-minute tape, yeah. and we put it on our Facebook post three days in a row and wrote a story that went with it. With, um, ideally, kids are doing that. By the age of 10, kids have put in, you know, the 3,000 hours, you know, not going out and, you know, let's hit and giggle. I got to go play a tournament. Yeah. You know, go play some 
softball, go play some basketball, go play some soccer, go for a run, play a little tag, whatever it is, but develop a great base. No, but so we have people come to us and they've got to go back. They've got to unlearn and relearn. And that's, but just for the prevention of injury, yeah. it's kids, it's got no service motion. And, you know, you just know as they get older, they're going to have all sorts of problems with tendonitis and this and that. Yeah. So with ideally, so you can teach someone right away, um, a solid base and say, okay, now we're going to play mini tennis, just soft tennis, touch tennis. Mm-hmm. You think about the great tennis teachers like a Welby Van Horn. In a lot of ways, you know, the soft balls, the transition balls, there's a positive to it, the short rackets, mm-hmm. but not to be cynical. There's, there's some money involved. Okay. Let's sell, you know, four different types of tennis balls now. Yeah. Okay. Let's tell you that every, every, every two years or every, every so often you have to buy a racket that's one inch longer. Yeah. And back in the day, you get a wooden racket, you cut it off, <laughs> or like a kid on a baseball bat, choke up on it. Yeah, um, you know somebody learning to ski on, you know, hand me down skis. Right. With, um, but when it when it comes down to the tape that Peter's put together, if people have that together, is okay. Now we're gonna play mini tennis. You know, now we can play. All right, you're gonna hit top spin on the first ball, under spin on the next ball, yeah. bring the fall through up. You know, touch behind your back, so you have a vertical swing where you can hit a topspin lob or off pace passing shots. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's something that has to be done. But when people have to go back to the drawing board and unlearn, relearn, deprogram, reprogram, it's mechanical for a while. Yeah, and then once you repeat it so many times, like we talk about all the time, you you know, you get enough myelin, then everything starts to get smoother. And then obviously, when people are stronger, they swing faster. And see that fluidity. And the feelers, many times, if they can't put their thinking cap on, the feeler, you know, can they work on technique? You should be able to work on technique while you're playing. It's like Roger Federer. There's a clip of Roger Federer, and he's he's quoted, he's saying, I didn't know you were supposed to win in practice. So in practice, you can practice different things. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, how am I ever going to learn a new song? You know, musicians don't just learn one song, and that's it. (laughs) You know, they have to learn a new song, and they have to practice. Yeah. with uh, so the ISTP, um, Fetter, were you in the interview room at Indian Wells? Uh, Vic used to always tell the yeah. story that he made a list. Yeah. Can you touch upon that? Yeah, so Vic asked Roger, you know, you have all these different options, all these tools in your toolbox. Where did you learn to get that? What, you know, how did you go about it? And he said, well, you know, I basically take, took a look at my competition and and made a list of the shots that I would need to own to play or compete with those players or beat those players. So I made this list and then I went out and I practiced those shots. So it was a very logical, you know, intelligent answer really. And then actually asked the same question to Rafa who didn't have the same type of, you know, maybe didn't, you say sometimes didn't exactly come from information, um, tennis information the way Roger did, but he just said, well, I, I don't know. I just hit it. And I think there's some of the language barriers. Sometimes it gets lost in there too with Rafa early on when his English wasn't so perfect, but um, just different. There's a contrast there, but, but with Roger, I've been in the media room several times with him. I'd say over a dozen times. And he, no matter what the question is, even if it's, you know, how's the wind out there today? You know, he'll usually take the time to really expound off, off the question. You know, it's not just, Quick, he, he's really good about you know, giving an intelligent answer. Fetter. Yeah. 
Yeah, at the Open, you know, he the night matches he's usually playing last. And I've um, been in the room where I think back when I wrote for Tennis Life magazine, I said, okay, I'll hang around and, you know, listen to the Fed. Mm-hmm. There's buses back to Manhattan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen, he's going to win. It's going to be sometimes seriously, as, as you know, it's it's past midnight. Yeah. So he's going to go in and he's going to get something to He's going to shower, get something to eat. Right. You know, get a massage and then he's going to meet with the journalists and he, it depends on what country he's in, but in the U S you know, he's going to, they're going to take the, you can stay in the room as long as you want. So he takes the questions in English. Yeah. And because in the U S that's most of the journalists, mm-hmm. but um, then in being from Switzerland, there's um, there's French and, and Swiss German yeah. So they, they weren't doing French, but they were doing um, English, Swiss German, and then French. But so yeah. just, they weren't doing it. And it, um, I'll get the order right. So English, Swiss German, French. So finally they do German. Yeah. And you would think as an American, well, he speaks Swiss German. They sound a little bit the same, but he, he just he sat up and um, was like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit better job with this. I mean, it wasn't so easy for him. Huh. But at the same time, and I was told, I mean, his father stayed, his father went to, his father was there at every interview. Um, you know, the ones that I was there, I'd say like a half dozen times. And, hmm. and, uh, and I was told that his father tells him how he did. Hmm. You know, it's like, you know, I'm sure it's less and less as the years went by. Yeah. But ENTP made a plan. We'll come back to more on motor programming, but yeah. it with, uh, we have people study coaching. Uh, Vince Lombardi. Hey, the, Lombardi Trophy, the Super Bowl Trophy, the Green Bay Packers. Um, you, know, you think about um, you know his his career where he was an assistant coach at one time, and Tom Landry, um, I believe Lombardi was in charge of the offense, and Landry in charge of the defense. I could be wrong, but I just think these two guys were assistant coaches at one time. They asked the head coach, "What do you do?" Because I just read the newspaper. <laughs> but he's an ENTJ, and ENTJ cannot not lead their CEO. So you could Google that. Yeah, a lot um, of presidents. Yeah, a lot of presidents, a lot of politicians. They're in charge. Um, one of those 15 people that my mother, I mean, I just knew, you know, a sibling is a CEO. You know, they know what time the trains are coming in. They know what happened before they were born. They, they, they make it seem like they were there. Um, with uh, Bill Walsh, what a coaching tree the late Bill Walsh has. So many... You know, NFL coaches, big-time college coaches. Mm. Both Bill Walsh and Pat Riley were ENFJs. Mm. Um, you know, so like an ENFJ, I know that's the way I'm wired. So get your energy from the outside you for people. just put those down because you're an ENFJ. I, no, no. I read you. Okay. But when it comes down to, uh, there's not many tennis players who are ENFJs. I mentioned Courier. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to... Um, from a coaching standpoint, not necessarily from a player standpoint. And that's where you, when you, 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 when you find that someone's a really good player, I, I'm more interested in the character of tennis yeah. than technique. Yeah. People come to see, see us for technique. Yeah. Okay. So they get their energy from people. Um, and then the end, they're thinking down the road. So right. I know like, okay, I got to try to make it a little fun for this 10 year old. <laughs> that's all they're interested in is in fun. Yeah but the drudgery of learning technique and just knowing that there's a very good chance they'll quit the sport. If they, they don't develop a solid base, right. they're, they're not even going to stay with tennis. Yeah. Big picture. Um, 
But, you know, people wouldn't think that I'm a feeler. They, they would think that I'm a teeth. They observe what I do. And, but a J is, you know, organization. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I've got to, I've got to make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, pra- the practice has to be a positive for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just think also too, like say a, a John Wooden, an ISTJ versus say a junior tennis coach, um, an ISTJ. You know, I, I think about ba- basketball coaches all the time, like big time basketball, there's one game and maybe there's one head coach and five assistants. You got six six coaches and, and one one court. Mm. We're in tennis, and it was it's better now. But it used to be in in college tennis. You'd be there'd be one coach and six courts, so it's pretty tough to yeah to give information out. Yeah, um, Coach K, uh, I should be able to pronounce his last name. You got that one, Mike? Oh man, Shashevsky. Shashevsky. But he's the same as Wooden. Uh, Bobby Knight. It's all in Nichols' book. He's an ISTP. Um, with um, your own coaching staff, I just put this down at one time. A small group as we're coaching juniors. So myself as an ENFJ, the descriptor is an educator, empathetic educator. I had Craig Tiley. You know, he's a CEO of Tennis Australia, but his brain type, he's an ENTP. Mm. I mean, he's a guy with a plan. So we had an educator, planner. Freddie Foreman helping us out. He was the least experienced, but he ESFP. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put him on the bench, give him a guitar. <laughs> I mean, you just in the people. I mean, if I could think back with my own sons, if I could have had a staff, is that I'd pick Freddie Foreman because mm. this guy, uh, Paul McDonald, a pro in Chicago, I think an intellectual of tennis. You know, he calls Freddie instant party. You know, he did not have a beer, but you think he's had twenty. Yeah. Um, People he, he has had a beer though. If you ever meet the guy, <laughs> like and then Dave Anderson, who we had on a podcast, yeah, he's an ESTP, which is a promoter. But he's three out of the four. He's one preference away from an ISTP. So yeah. he, he's an athlete. He's like he's a gamer. Okay, he, he'll play anybody. He's quarterback. And um, but just think about the staff. I mean, again, just randomly here, Jan Tiriak, ten, sports first billionaire. You know, he did come up with Bank Tiriak in Romania when. The, yeah. when when the wall, wall came down, Berlin in 89, cars. 90, 89. Yeah. But he's an ENTP. Um, you know, he says about himself, I'm the best tennis player who's not a tennis player. No strokes. <laughs> you can get on YouTube and put in Jan Tiriak. He's yeah. got a funny looking forehand. <laughs> but he, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island, he said, I could run from here to New York and back. So he's, you know, strong legs, stronger mind. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, is that I tell kids all the time that tennis is a vehicle for life. And um, when it comes down to, you know, personality type, brain type, you know, understanding yourself, understanding others, making it work is, is going to have a lot to do with not just forehands and backhands, not whether you win or lose a tennis match. Um, You could talk about this. Um, if you smile, most likely you're a P. If your <laughs> yep. voice is loud and strong, most likely you're an E. Yeah. If your voice fades away, most likely you're an I. Hey, I'm Andy. Nice to meet you. If you initiate the conversation, you're at a grocery store, and the person in front of you say, how's it going? If you just start talking to a stranger, <laughs> most likely you're an E. Yeah. Um, so what we do in tennis practice, we've got people who show up 
they don't even say good morning to people. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you're afraid of your own shadow. <laughs> and um, I think what they do at Balotieri, I'm sure they're still doing it, is that they're going to take tennis players and go, hey, you plan on being a pro, yeah. rainy day situation, they have um, mock press conferences, yeah. like you're being interviewed. Yeah, smart. Here's a story on Tom Landry, Dallas Cowboys, definitely a J, definitely didn't smile too much. So one of his players was asked, does Tom Landry ever, ever smile? He said, I don't know. I've only played here 12 years. <laughs> so um, here's something um, with P's, perceivers versus J's, judgers, the verbs. The, the J, at the end of their verbs, they can put an ED. They have finished. Yeah, exactly. The, the perceiver... They're finishing um, with uh, the, a few more things here. The ease, this is important. Ease, if you observe your players, just how they interact. Um, act, reflect, act. Mm -hmm. That's what the ease are going to do. Yeah. The eyes are going to reflect, act, and reflect. So it's right. a little bit tougher to get the eye off the bench and let's go. Yeah. They're, so if you know that, it's like, okay, I'm going to give them a little bit more time to digest. Mm -hmm. I tell people, young coaches you train, you know, I do this thing where you're at a tennis game, say, okay, let's start naming cereals. Yeah. Bad cereals. <laughs> exactly. There used to be one called Sugar Smacks. I don't think they have that anymore. That's another way. Uh, I think that's do. another name for heroin. With the uh, smack. Got the frog on it, I think. With, uh, you know, Tricks and Captain Crunch and mm. Cocoa Cocoa Puffs. I mean, they just keep going and going. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So not that you've ever had any of those, right? Oh, yeah, I did. But now that, you know, good old-fashioned Cheerios. I give kids a hard time. What type of Cheerios did you buy? Yeah, the... Uh, Honey roasted. Yeah, and now there's like four or five types of Cheerios. Yeah, a bunch, yeah. But the kids are wired anyway. You know, it's just like, you know, I got a group of 10-year-olds coming. I go, here, the, here come the puppies, man. They're just puppies. all over the place playing. Yeah. But um, you, is, is, what you need to just have... Like blow the whistle, come in, explain it to them, go to work. Short explanations, but go to work. Mm. You know, one thing too, you, you start studying Myers-Briggs, um, need not go as well as what percentage of the population are ESFPs and yeah. um, INTJs. A lot of that's in the books, I think. Um, with a perceiver, they put the pro in procrastination. Okay. You know, one thing about that, though, is like daydreaming. You know, daydreaming is great, but it's when are you daydreaming? Yeah. You know, someone's talking, a coach is talking, you're kind of looking all over the place. Is that, um, that's where, you know, to, to give kids a break and, hey, you know, um, you know, go for a jog on your own, come back. Yeah. And let them, you know, think things out. It's yeah. to where you're just like, boom, 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 always telling them what to do. P's are a little more play-oriented and J's work-oriented. They, they want to get closure. I think this is worth repeating silence. Okay. Uh, how's it go? Um, it's, you know, a lot of people, they've got, they've got nothing to say, uh, but they always have to say something. They have nothing to say, but they have to say something. And um, Sounds you know, like a uh, coach on the pro tour. The more, <laughs> with um, Craig Carden said that about coaching world team tennis. Yeah. You got to talk all day and say nothing because yeah. <laughs> you're really not their coach. Yeah. You know, you're, it's, you're, you're a figurehead and it's a short season yeah. and, and you're, you're riding on the bus with them though. Yeah.
I think this is worth repeating again, the silence, the introvert, um, the extrovert, you, you need to have the, the opportunity for the penny to drop. Hmm. And, you know, so many ten, young tennis players, you're going to spread out, hit some serves, and they cannot help themselves but talk to the person next to them. Hmm. You know, an extrovert, they get to practice early, like you want them to, they stretch on their own, they're, they're off there hitting serves or drop hitting a one hand, or spin backhand, whatever. And someone comes to practice, they, they have to leave the court. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's a magnet. They have to go towards the court. Yeah. And my sister Kathy used to say this, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You have to be able to enjoy your own time. Hmm. And uh, again, that comes back to uh, the extrovert's not very good at doing routines. The extrovert's not very good at doing solo training. Um, but with feelers, you know, you, you want to get to the point, you let the kid know that they're a feeler. They don't need constant cheerleading. You know, kids hanging their head and, you know, and they need a pat on the back every step of the way. But, you know, you have to be careful that you take the kid off the side and you say, hey, you know, you could be a great player, but this is what you got to do. Yeah. Say, hey, come here. You could be a great player. You don't want to be a champ or a chump. You could be a chump. Excuse me. You could be a champ. Yeah. You could be a champ. You know, I mean, it's like with, um, if you're goofing around, you will become a goofball. Hmm. Tell me what, and just ask a kid, he's 10 years old. Tell me what a goofball is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A goofball is somebody who always goofs <laughs> around. Let me go through it one more time. You're always goofing around and people goof around all the time. They become a goofball. How do you become a goofball? And they just by <laughs> goofing around. So, you know, why, why don't you get to work? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's where, you know, trickery. Vandermeer was great at that. You're mm -hmm. going to play. You, know, you got to get kids to hit the ball well and say, okay, we're going to have a form tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, if you, you drop hit a ball, you hold your follow through, the ball hits the fence, you get two points. Because one, um, you know, your form is good. And two, you stayed on balance for that long. You can even make it a relay race where you have the 3 H system balance. Kid comes up on the back heel and once they're there, the other kids at the fence, their teammate, and they come up and they have to, they just tap them on the heel and then they get to go. So just, you make it a game. It's the three E's of a tennis lesson, education, exercise, enjoyment. But yeah. you have to almost, you have to most camouflage the education. It's like, okay, let's make this fun. Let's trick them into doing it. Yeah. Um, thinking versus feeling, logic versus emotion. You know, there's positives. In a lot of ways, it would be great if the triangle, the parent, the player, or parents, and obviously there's two, the parent, the player, and the coach, that the coach would be allowed to be an F. You know, everyone's a T and F. It's just what's your primary, what's your secondary. Yeah. And so the feeling can come out. But you want to get the player to think things through. And then the parent... Okay, let me think this through. Mm. Um, you know, but so a coach gets upset, they cross the line. You know, hopefully it's not with early childhood development classes, but they, yeah. you know, they drop the F-bomb, they swear, whatever, and they're, <laughs> they really care about the player. Mm. You, know, they're, they, you know, you can't go too far, but at the same time, now it's like, you know, you, you use that type of language and people, people lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, Expressions, don't let your feelings get in the way. Mm. You know, uh, the book, very simple read, uh, champions don't get in their own way. Mm. Um, 
people don't tell you feel on your feet. They will tell you to think on your feet. So people have to snap out of it. Braden used to say, when people are venting, just say to yourself, stop. stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hot. I mean, there are some things that kids should just not be allowed to say. I'm starving. Yeah. I mean, not too many tennis kids are starving. No. You know, we're, I'm so thirsty. And it's like, shut up. No, no, don't. Just get, that's a record that's going inside your head, yeah. and you got to change that record. Yeah. Um, don't overthink thinkers thinking. How's that sound? <laughs> don't overthink thinkers thinking. It's like, whoa, that's a probably not going to give you an A on an English paper. Um, but if the coach is being emotional, uh, I trained a coach whose uh, hu- husband worked for Bella Caroli, the great gymnast, mm-hmm. first in Romania, gold, cho- ch- gold, cho- gold medal champions in, here in the U.S. And I remember the coach telling me, if you were to tape Bella Caroli, he's not even saying words. It's like he's training people like lion, like a lion tiger with a whip and a bench mm. tiger trainer. Like, uh, uh. it's like, um, so that emotion, um, as I mentioned, I have no problem getting emotional over a kid who's got a palm up serve. Yeah. I've been working with, with them, working with them. And it's, it's instruction, destruction. I call it kick your own sandcastle. <laughs> yeah, You've worked exactly. and you worked and you're getting better and they're getting better than, you know. And, you know, really in the end, the tournament's going to get the $50. The tournament's going to get the $75. They're in business and they want you to play. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it can sound bad towards the profession, but a lot, of, a lot of club coaches, they're telling the parents, play, play, play. And they go off and they don't do so on the tournament and the parents bring it back. Oh, they need more lessons. They need more lessons. But that way the club pro gets the weekends off. They get the weekends off. You said P's go with the flow. Mm -hmm. J's get organized. That one brain type though, the ENTP. um, I remember uh, Chad Burial, Ferris State. You know, I had him take this survey, Joel Trucker, Vic Braden put together. Mm-hmm. And he's an ENTP. And wanted him selfishly, he wanted to be a college coach. He's a college coach. So yeah. he, he started with us. It just worked out where, I remember him, he had to talk to the athletic director. So why he put some glasses on so he look older. I think he was 22, 23. <laughs> he became the head coach. You know, he won a national championship. With, but being, we, being an ENTP, being a planner, my self motive was it'd be great to have this guy come in and help us, you know, put together like what we're still trying to do mm-hmm. to help out tennis teachers, all these ideas from coaches from the past. Mm-hmm. But you know, what happened is he was coaching the team, helping us run this full service tennis program. And that, that was junior college. So we could, the rules were different where we could interface the junior program with um, the college team. You know, at the same time, he's getting a master's degree. Yeah, I remember that. But ENTP, um, here's something when the brain typing, cheerleading versus coaching. So someone, you think, okay, let's work this system out. Who's going to be the cheerleaders? The E's are going to be cheerleaders. The the S's that are in the moment, okay, the feelers, yep. they're going to be a cheerleader. And then the P. Yep. 
And, but you know, the kid needs positive pump. They need, okay, let's encourage them. But at the same time, what's the opposite of that? So you got an ESFP and I is quiet. They're, they're not seeking energy from the outside. They're taking it in. Like they're watching the movie, not like they're, they're the tennis parent. Mm. They're not in the movie. It's the player who's in the movie, but the the extrovert, like, I know I'm in the movie. I'm, I'm a character in this thing. <laughs> and then they become a character. So they, they tell the E parent, try to be an I. Um, but the E's have all sorts of uh, positives with their work ethic. And so it's, it's just, there's a different approach to the, to the parent understanding when to do what. Yeah. You know, when it comes home, it comes down to uh, uh, just doing work behind the scenes, going, going, going. And it's like an NFL coach, you know, they, they work around the clock. The players go in, they work nine to five, but the coaches are there before they get there and they're after, and they're there afterwards. Mm-hmm. But an ass, a young young kid, their parents should be thinking, this is 10-year-olds. <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> Conscientious neglect. Yeah. The feeler, the parents should be going, I'm going to think this through. I'm not going to show some so much emotion. Um, because if you're getting all pumped up and, and they're winning, yeah. you know, they're winning, as Vic Braden would say, they're winning the Pismo Beach Close. Yeah. And you're jumping up and down like it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That kid's going to choke down the road. Yeah, you know. So the parent really needs to have the poker face, and yeah. Um, so, and then the P is they need to say, okay, this is part of it. What are we doing after this? Okay, yeah. they told us to practice before practice and after practice. It's not like okay, let's go get a milkshake. Yeah. Um, with um, I mentioned this, try to be the opposite. Yeah, find a balance. With, um, yeah, balance, but sometimes too, the, like you said, to sing happy birthday, you're throwing the imbalance at them so they will be balanced. Exactly. You know, it's like, okay, let's, let's exaggerate this. The doubles. Get out of your shell. Why don't you talk about deuce court, ad court? Where do you put the extrovert? Where do you put the introvert? Well. Motor programming. Uh, that's one. Lefty, righty, that's another. So it's yeah. not such a simple answer. But Vic used to say that you point, you're better off most of the time with the introvert in the deuce court, extrovert in the ad court. Yeah, steady. Also, too, people don't really realize this. All the way to the Grand Slams. It's a big myth. The macho male ego. Right. They put themselves in the ad court. That's the make it or break it. Yeah. It's the point before that determines whether you're ad in or ad out. Yeah. If you're playing the deuce court, you'll take more balls. So say if you and I are playing doubles, you play the deuce court, I play the ad court. The game, we play five points. Yeah, You've taken three returns, I've taken two. It comes back to you. You're taking the fourth return, I'm still at two. Plus, over 85% of players are right-handed, and they want to hit a forehand, and they pull horizontally. Mm-hmm. And it's like in baseball, it's the, it's the, it's the left field. The, the kid who picks his nose or picks the dandelions, in baseball, you put that kid in right field because yeah. they can't catch. Yeah. But now another thing, too, is that 85% of players are right-handed, and 85% of pros easily are teaching strong continental grip, elbow in, mm-hmm. and the racket face is facing left field. It's facing mm-hmm. the deuce court. Yeah. Um, Things have changed a little bit with the no-ad scoring, but, you know, the stats as far yeah, as— Yeah, that's a good point. Um, certainly the serves. Now, um, you know, a lot of it's an eye formation. We should just have a, a podcast on doubles where, you know, the— Back Gonzalez, where he had such a great serve, and he stood stood right by the center mark on the baseline. Mm. 
he hit it to the back end and then he veered off to the net post. Yeah. For years, people would say, no, you got to stand halfway between the center mark and the outside of the court. And now they pop the serve. And it's being about Tyriac, Tyriac and Vilas, I would give those two credit for that. Would Tyriac was, you know, in his 40s, early 40s, and he wasn't, he wasn't the person at the net to get down in the sprinter stance and go right or left. Mm. He had he had young Vilas doing that, who at one time was number one in the world. Mm. Uh, but in doubles, avoid putting two hot heads together. Um, Makes sense. You know, the thinker and feeler, two feelers out there playing doubles, some, one person who can, you know, calm down the team. Yeah. You know, who's the captain? Like, say, John Newcomb and Tony Roach, they were great in doubles, lefty-righty combination. And, you know, Harry Hopman, I read where Harry Hopman told Roach, let Newcomb feel like he's the captain because mm. he's going to act like the captain anyway <laughs> because he's an ENTJ, mm. CEO, just like a yeah. Billie Jean King, cannot not lead. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that it's a bad thing. So you, if you know this system, you, just take, you take a guy over the side and say, hey, we're having you play with this kid. He's, your partner's an E. He cannot not talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a fee. He's an F. Yeah. You know, he's, his emotions, we've got to calm him down. Yeah. We're gonna act. We're gonna let him take that energy and act like he's the captain of the of the of the team. Yeah. Um, no, we just had a coach here, uh, a parent coach, training coach, and not an E, but a capital E. And yeah. I, I just told the kids that if you go through brain typing, is you know, I, and he was the captain of the college, his college tennis team. But when it comes down to it. I would let him act like a captain in practice, but when it comes down, when he was playing, it's like, no, I'm not going to have you act that way. I'm not going to have you be so excited. Right. Um, with, um, you know, coming back to looking back at relatives, for example, you know, when somebody studies psychology, it's like, well, you're trying to figure yourself out. What are you going to study? I'm going to study psychology. Oh, you're going to try to figure yourself out. <laughs> I mean, life is psychology. And I understand, okay, people who study you know, they become a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I mean, Vic was a psychologist. Yeah, he was a self-made biomechanist. I know we need to have one of these podcasts just on Vic. Yeah, we'll probably um, but when one, it, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> but with uh, well, you had so much information. But yeah. when it comes down to to think back about, you know, to walk in a in a person's shoes, you think, okay, what was going on when, um, you know, I say for myself, um, I'm the youngest of six kids. My father was an ISTJ. My mother was an EF, ENFP. So my mother was a Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. Easy going. Got her energy from people. Mm-hmm. Um, she was intuitive. Where, and you hear that about women and their intuition. They can see down the road, you know, like the crystal ball. I tell people, like, yeah, I have a pretty good crystal ball for tennis. You know, like, where is this headed? Yeah. You know, is there a rudder to this ship? Not sure about that forehand. <laughs> is the circle going, is, you know, the circle Oh, where kids are hitting forehands, I mean, they're scratching their earlobe and their elbow is just, yeah. their upper arm is just glued against their upper body. Yeah. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing great. <laughs> I think he's got it. But, um, you know, so being a P, going with the flow, um, to make my mother sound like my late mother sound like a bad person, but of course, you know, if you have six kids, that means you have another six kids because especially years ago when I was a kid, people played outside. I remember my mother, she eventually started yeah. selling real estate. And many times she would take me along. I was the youngest, especially if it was a farm. Okay, they could have a dog. <laughs> yeah, so when it comes down to going to for a listing. You go first. <laughs> you go first, yes. So 
when it comes down to, um, that's another story. If you run cross country, you know how to deal with a dog. <laughs> but I mean, one thing is you just, you, when you're running cross country and a dog starts to chase you, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, what you need to do is run right at, back in the day, especially on farms, you know, dogs today, I mean, come on, there's no stray dogs. You just don't see that. You run right at the dog and totally. scream. Yeah. You run right at the dog yeah. and you just scream and you're okay. Seriously. Depends one on time, what country, one time, country you're in. But. <laughs> one time I was with one of my brothers, and you know, I saw I was a little runt running cross country. And I was played peewee football. They told me, hey, you should run cross country, you know, freshman high school. And I mean, I had no no advice, but I kept running around this lake, putting in long miles. So I can remember, I knew right where this dog was. And I was with one of my brothers. My Our father drove us out five miles to run back. And I just, I got a ahead of them, uh, which wasn't so difficult to do, but I got ahead of him. And, you know, I mean, he got a point where he could run six minute miles, but you know, one right after the other, but when it comes down, I got ahead of him and I knew that it was going to be the dog in him. Plus to get back to the house, going to shower as fast as I can and be up on the patio. You know, he comes in a little bit late. I've already showered. It's so like, yeah, I've been back, been back for an hour, but this is, this is, you know, brain, brain typing. He gets bit by the dog. Yeah. He gets bit by the dog. He's got to go get a rabies shot. Oh, I was like, no. oh no, it was great. <laughs> but so my mother had the, my mother had these rules: is uh, myself or a friend, you know, Mrs. Smith. I have a stomachache. She, I don't believe in stomachaches. Go yeah. play. Yeah, <laughs> just, I don't believe in stomachaches. Another one was I don't believe in headaches. You know, I know people get really bad migraines, but yeah. little kids, I mean, they just are the, the extroverted feeler. I mean, people, parents just don't realize that kids, they're just looking for attention. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a puppy. You know, they want to be petted. Uh, you know, help me, help me, help me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> Especially if you know their brain type. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not hardship at all. Um, I think of this prep school I went to, it was like a postcard. But when it comes down to it, my mother used to say, we're too we're too poor for allergies. Oh, we don't have any allergies. We're too poor. Now, yeah, I, I just, you know, whether it's the water now and you meet all these kids, you know, they're, you know, they come in and it's like, how many kids can't eat peanut butter anymore? And they're, you know, you do the yeah. science behind that. Yeah. Um, we did talk about this. Uh, Fetter, excuse me, uh, Fetter is an ENTP. Samper is an ENTP. Connor is an ISTP. Hmm. You know, Young people listening today, um, you know, they obviously don't know those players, but uh, they could just go to YouTube. That's sad. Then you know, it comes down to, uh, yeah, I mean, you could just think of Sampras. I mean, the last time he played a match, he came in at 104 times. Yeah. So let's go through that. I mean, he was a class act too. Sportsmanship guy. I mean, yeah. Um, did people copy Sampras? Yeah. You know, they didn't, you know. We say it all the time about Neratsalova. You know, she won Wimbledon nine times. Can a tennis group name nine people that have hit a one-hand underspin backhand approach shot? Yeah. Um, like, say for Connors, the history of tennis, I like to okay, let's, let's find out about the parents. Hmm. Let's find out about the coaches. Everybody's brain type, not just the player's brain type. Yeah. You know, behind a P, there's a J. You know, there's got to be structure. Hmm. Like, say, you know, Steffi Graf, you know, married to Agassi. Um, yeah. Agassi, in Nee Nigel's book, he's an ESTP. Graf is an ISTP. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to Peter Graf or Mike Agassi, they had a plan. 
Mike Agassi had a plan to the point where when he was in his first book, his book came out first. And with Andre, I think he, in a lot of ways, um, he threw Mike under the bus um, with, um, you know, the intensity he had and this and that. So, mm-hmm. um, but Mike Agassi bought a house. He lived in Chicago. It's from Iran. Mary's an American woman. Bell- Bellman in Chicago. Makes his way to Las Vegas. Has a realtor. He's got four kids. Agassi's the youngest. Andre's the youngest. Mm-hmm. And and then Rita, she t- played tennis at Tyler Junior College. I watched yeah. her practice over and over and over again. She didn't hit the same the ball the same way, which is very interesting. Not even close. Yeah. And she went on and played at A and M. Obviously, a, a very good tennis player. There's Rita and there's Phil. Mm-hmm. But um, so Mike, the realtor, is walking up the front door. And he goes, no, no, I want to see the backyard first. He never saw the inside of the house. Yeah, that's great. That's a man with a plan. Yeah. You know, it's like Richard Williams. He had a plan. Yeah. He saw a, saw a match on TV, and the winner got $40,000, and he goes, my daughters are going to play tennis. Yeah. They're going to hit tons and tons of tennis balls. Yeah. Um, I think with Federer, that would be a very interesting exercise. I mean, I've read so much about Federer. You'd have to think almost— Brain type to parents, you mean? Yeah, not only the parents, but the first coach, coach and the second yeah. coach. And yeah. when it comes down to all the influences, yeah. for me, I think for Federer, everything was right. I mean, he grew up in, in, in Switzerland. So the guy can, he says he doesn't skate well, but he can ski. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in Switzerland a few times and everybody's going skiing. Yeah. Uh, so that thing about a, a Northern or Central European, they can ski, skate, they can play soccer. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you read about the father and, you know, the relationship he had with his son where he he, he left him at the tournament and uh, he had to find his own way home. But, you know, obviously in Switzerland, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a bus, get on the train. And he was looking for his father. His father left, I don't know how many francs at the front desk. Yeah. There's so many stories about Fetter uh, where, you know, he's uh, at a club. Most of the, you, I mean, you spent so much time in Europe, live there, where... You can buy a beer at a tennis club, yeah, a little restaurant, and he's out there, 15, 16 years old, he's throwing his racket, and his father snaps and says, hey, we're doing that. And he tells his father, go get a beer. Go get a drink. Yeah. And what happened is that um, nothing happened until there's that your public life and your private life. Yeah. So he, the father didn't say anything in front of the other you know, people that were there. But they said, so what happened is he got outside, he grabbed him by the neck and put his head in the snowbank. And, you know, people need to know that because so many times the tail is wagging the dog. It's like, who's in charge here? Yeah. Who's in charge here? But his mother, um, you know, she's an Afrikaner. And I know that Raven Klassen, I've talked to Raven Klassen about Lynette Fetter, and, you know, he's an Afrikaner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been to South Africa, and I mean, Dennis Vandermeer years ago, I've been trained by South Africans with... um, like with the time he dyed his hair blonde and he pulls his hat way down. Orange ball. You know, coming back to my brother who was in charge of three initial hockey teams drafting players, he told me that I want to draft players that are afraid of their mother. Yeah. And I spent quite a bit of time in Russia. In Russia, there's more female coaches than there are male coaches. Now here, it's just so lopsided. Mm. There's so many male teachers in tennis. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, and all over the world, women didn't get a fair shake when it came to jobs. So tennis was an Olympic sport. 
So to be a tennis coach was an inferior job in Russia years and years ago. But you go to Russia and the women are yelling at five and six year olds. They're treating them like it's a sport mm. and not in America. Yeah. My mother used to say that about kids in elementary school is it was such an imbalance because they had all female instructors, all female instructors with, um, but with Fetter, um, you know, you go back to the way he was taught in the beginning, static balance. Yeah. Uh, that structure, you know, that the coach, uh, I always tell his name, um, Adolf Giuseppe, they call him, Adolf Giuseppe. Kowalski. Kowalski. So they called him Seppi. I think he should be the most interviewed guy in tennis, in right. junior tennis. It's right, like, what right. did he do? Yeah. But the mother said he stood in one place, on balance, long follow-throughs, the entire lesson. Mm-hmm. That's a J. Yeah. You know, it might be a P, but the, but it's a it's a, the curriculum's a J. Yeah, it's structured. Um, with um, the uh, other types of brain, there's so many personality types. I should say there's so many pers- other personality tests. Tests, yeah. Um, with, um, I like the one where, what type of dog would you be? <laughs> you know, or... Um, you know, you're that little Mexican chihuahua, just barks, barks, barks. <laughs> you know, the I've only seen the TV show one time, the, the Dog Whisperer. Yeah, I like that show. And I, I have been called the Junior Whisperer. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you got to come in strong. You you know, you can't say, well, I'll be really nice. I'll be their buddy. Yeah. Let's make them have fun first. Fun, fun, fun. Right. And then then you're going to come and be the heavy. Yeah. Um you know, in the wonder years, a lot of young parents, they, they, they make those mistakes in the wonder years. Yeah. Um, with, aren't they so cute? Mm. Aren't they so adorable? Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called the Enneagram. You choose, there's nine words and you pick out three. Um, the disc where it's four words, the dominant, influencer, steady, um, conscientious. There's one for shapes. Mm. Are you a square? Are you a squiggly line? There's so many that people could look at. Yeah. You know, the typical scene is the... The psychiatrist gets the kids, the person to lay down on the couch and, and, um, they do the word association. Right. Um, but with, um, you know, say someone is great if they could be a golden retriever once they leave the court, you know, parents, it comes down to knowing the way they're wired is go, okay, as soon as we get on the tennis court, I, okay, don't think of me as your parent off the court. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we, we understand this, you know, um, to the point where, okay, but we're on the court. It's just going to be all, all business, mm-hmm. all business. And, you know, I think of Maria Sharapova, you know, I figured out a long time ago, my parents were for me. Right. And the sooner people can, you know, figure it out. It's like John McEnroe doesn't like to have people go cross court down the line, do all these drills. It's like, just go play and figure it out. And it's amazing that kids can't figure out, you know, there's a book. Um, um, I should be able to just rattle it off. You know, it's, it's basically, um, it's very similar to talent code and bounce. Help me out. Do you know that extraordinary, ordinary? Um, um, here's basically the theme of the, I should have rattled off the title. To be an extraordinary tennis player, you have to do the ordinary and extraordinary amount. Right. Talent is overrated. Talent's that's overrated. that's yeah. the name of the book. Talent's mm-hmm. overrated. Senior moment. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to never even using the word talent, but just extraordinary amount. Yeah. 
you know, kid wins a tournament and it's like, okay, what restaurant want I go to? And they don't even stretch. And it's yeah. like, let's, let's find a court. Let's go practice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I grew up with golfers and my parents, they retired and they lived like five miles from Pinehurst. So I would be going from the Northeast to Florida and, you know, for several years in a row, I was there during a pro golf tournament. And it's the first time I've ever been around pro golf tournament. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this guy, Peter Jacobson, imitate all the pros and everybody was laughing. It wasn't funny to me because I didn't know their idiosyncrasies. You know, he would imitate everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but they would all show up and practice and they would get done with their 18 holes and they would go practice. Yeah. And I remember telling my father who used to win the club championship. I said, no wonder you guys are hackers. I go, you guys don't <laughs> practice like that. Yeah, exactly. uh, John Daly, who I think was the U.S. Open, um, hit for show and putt for dough, is that Daly, um, he's drinking a few too many beers. At one time, all he ate was M&M peanuts. Seriously, it's really sad. And he's smoking Marlboros and he's like drinking, drinking beers. Yeah. And... He's done, and Tiger Woods walks by. He's done with his 18, and he's in the bar. And he just yells out to Tiger, Tiger, why don't you just give it up? Come over here, we'll just have a beer. And, he, and Tiger Woods looked at Daly and said, if I had your talent, yeah. I'd join you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, why don't you talk a little bit? I mean, I've got one thing here to wrap it up. Um, anyway, and for me, though, it's been the Myers-Briggs. I mean, there are all sorts of other personality tests. Um but I, I, for me, it's it's more really working with the understanding how people are wired and the personality. Yeah. Um, I don't have a working handle enough to say, okay, this is what you need to do from a motor programming standpoint. For me, it's like, okay, he's gross motor skilled, fine motor skills. Well, we got to work on the whole package. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be one that's more dominant than the other, but... Why don't you talk a little bit more about motor programming? We can wrap this up. I just got one yeah, more well, section. Yeah, let's do that. So you got the four <laughs> letters and- you know, the E and the I, we talked about the introversion, the extroversion, and then the S or the N. Yeah. More in the moment or intuitive. You got the thinker feeler and then the J or the P. So what you want to do when you take your four-letter acronym is you, you take the middle two letters. And so we just talk about motor skills. Gross motor skills are basically you're dealing with the large muscles. So, for example, like walking Fine motor skills is smaller muscles of the hand region, so you like you know grabbing something, and then um, you got speech and hearing or mouth region, so muscles that control speech, etc. And then you got the diaphragm region, so the muscles that control voice, airflow. Uh, we talk about the thoracic diaphragm. So, starting at the top, when we talk about the the primary motor cortex at the top, you've got the gross motor region, gross motor skills. And so the SF, if you take those two letters, those are the people that are dominant with the large muscle groups. Um, as far as they're inborn, okay, you're going to tend to use your, your large muscles predominantly or be able to be really good with those. And so yeah, we say large muscle groups, toe to shoulders, um, under pressure, find that players will tend to get stiff, lose some quickness or flexibility will, will suffer a little bit. And for me, this is what's really interesting when it comes to tennis and the SF. And I've got a list here, but so many of the more recent champions are, are of the brain type E, they're extroverted, SFP. And so the F, SFP is also going to have 
really good rhythm um, with that. But you just think about the women's game and big ground strokes, right? So you've got players that can really coil and uncoil the body, use the large segments of their body really, really well. So I'll just go through some of the ESFPs that I've got here. Anna Kornikova, which, you know, she's not, she was a great player. I think she's very underrated. I've got her on there. I've got Muguruza, so Garbina, um, ESFP. I've got um, Ostapenko, so she's on there. A uh, player in the U.S., Monica Puig. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But Serena Williams, Lindsay Davenport, Caroline Wozniacki. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on and on uh, with, the, with the ESFP. So, again, like you said, it's not to say, hey, if you're not an ESFP, you're not going to make it because we know there's a lot of other brain types that make it. But interesting that that's a dominant brain type in the women's game, those gross motor skills. So you've got the SF. Well, one thing to interrupt is always mm-hmm. that people are playing one-dimensional tennis too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a crisis where, um, okay, you can't serve a volley as much as you could in the old yeah. days with the wooden rackets and the bad grass and da 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 But you take a tennis court, singles 27 feet, doubles 36, divide by two, you got to cover 18 feet. The reason people don't serve in volley is they don't serve in volley. Yeah. So it's like Vic used to say, baseliner gets the baseliner. I was with him one time at the Easter Bowl, and he goes, the kid gets behind, you might as well just mail in the scores. Yeah. Because they don't they don't play with any options. Yeah. They don't have those options. Well you look like yeah. Martina Navratilova. She had those options. What's the name of the Italian girl who uh she won the French uh coming in? I'm gonna Shavani, I mean, help me out. Anyway. She was playing Kleisters. I think she's playing Kleisters and she said, No, I can't I'm not gonna stay back and bang and she got yeah. in. And Kleisters is another one. Yeah. For sure. ESFP. Yeah, that's a good point. Just banging groundies. Yeah. Um, so you got the SF. So they're they're gross motor dominant or proficient. And then the ST we talked about already a little bit, but fine motor dominant, small muscles, finger to the elbow. Um, great. You know, can have the hand eye coordination can be superior. And then with the STs, you know, you'll you'll when you're watching a tennis player you'll see them want to add lots of little extra movements. You know, they might hit a volley or something, and then you see a little wrist movement. So Vic used to say sauce, you know. You see a player add, like, a little special sauce in there. Um, you know, I think of a guy like uh, Nick Kyrgios. I don't think he's on this list. But I would be interested to see, you know, if he's an ST, just with his serve, you know, he's really good with that last link. And then obviously with his ground strokes – he tends to play with the forearms a little bit more, you know, his, his backhand's kind of outside in and he's, you know, hardly uses his legs at all. Um, and with his forehand, he's pretty quick with his forearm, you know? So that's another thing just for listeners, you know, if you're trying to copy a Roger Federer or whoever it may be, you know, the nature and nurture is there. So how he grew up, all the different sports he played, but then also the brain type, you, you, you're not physically wired maybe like a Serena to be able to do what she does with her body you may really find motor skills, but if you're trying to copy this person, you know, you, innately, you just may not be able to do that or you cannot do that. So it's, it's unfair. Um, so you got to keep that in mind with these brain types. But so we got the SFs and the STs and then the NFs. This is where, as you move down the motor cortex, really the NFs, their speech and hearing, the mouth region. So the muscles that control speech. 
And what the NFs are really good at doing is they synchronize or combine both the fine and gross motor skills the best. So a lot of divers, figure skaters, um, there's been tennis players, obviously, like uh, Venus Williams is, is an ENFP. But the NFs are the best at, at combining the, the fine and the gross motor skilled. Um, but again, language, language-based, um, very good with speech and hearing. Oprah Winfrey, Vic Braden, obviously we talked about Tracy Austin, ENFP. Um, and then moving on to the NT, so this is where the, the diaphragm region, the muscles that control voice, airflow, and we say, that, you know, the thoracic diaphragm, which is basically like an upside-down bowl attached to the lower ribs, and that controls air intake and the release of air, and it regulates voice and singing, et cetera. What was really interesting today, I was talking to Jeremy about this, is that where the NTs are really good is there's strenuous activities. Also ventriloquists, like beatboxers, which is like, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But when you talked about, just tonight, you talked about Ian Tyriac, and he said he could run. What did you say? He said he could run. He's inducted the Hall of Fame. He's in Newport Beach, Rhode Island. He's like a river from here to New York and back. Right. So, so when you talk about these long distance or even just with tennis, you know, these strenuous exercises that have to do with airflow, that's where the NTs are really going to be good. And then problem solving. So the NTs, it's not necessarily a motor skill, either the NF as well, but they're really good with their mental skills. And then they're going to be on the fine motored side. Same so, with the say, NF. Say that again, motor, who's good mentally. Say so the NT, they're going to be really good with their mental skills. You know, They're going to rely on the brain a little bit more. You know, But they're going to be more on the fine motor side because that's when you move up the the motor cortex, they're going to be closer to the fine motor. Same with the NF. They're going to have the tendency to be more on the fine motor side, but they combine them. And then the NT, the problem solving, the brain, also um, good with body flexibility. I know the, uh, I think it's the INF, let's see, INFP, NFP, I'm pretty sure, is very pliable body flexibility, but then also the uh, NTJ, I wrote down here, um, that John had said you can have some of the best mechanically sound swings in golf and pro golf, you know, these pliable bodies that are NTJs. But I think about like, a, you know, Novak Djokovic, he's obviously works really hard on his flexibility, but I've got that written down here, body flexibility. Um, but a lot of NTs are singers and, and actors. Um, but those, so yeah, you, you break down those skills and then, the motor, you know, the motor programming there, but then also with the P and the J. So the P's tend to be more um, fluid, and the J's are a little more mechanical. So you can get those two middle letters, and then you take the N letter, and you can kind of see whether people are more fluid or more mechanical in their movement. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the, the brain type, or no less stage fright actors. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it, to act as if it's a powerful tool. Yeah. That's where we say, okay, we're going to have you sing a song, tell a clean joke, yeah. tell a story. You, you put people in front and they've got to present and, you know, how, how they handle that. It's like a kid who's got to give a speech in class. Yeah. Um, this, this might be, I, it, it deals with the brain, so it might be for another, another podcast. But um, for the, forever, Vic Braden used to say that the number one tip you got to get the racket hit below the ball. Mm. And I really think it came from John Ninago starting in the, in the 90s because Vic changed. He said the number one thing is make your opponent 
feel like they're going to lose. Mm. So the way you walk around the court, mm. like John Newcomb used to say that it used to bother him how Stan Smith never looked like he was rattled. Mm. He just, he always looked like he was in control. Yeah. Federer too. With, the um, part. But why don't you talk about that front of the brain, back of the brain, when you know, that expression, we used it for the longest time in sports. Well, you got in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Vic used to always talk about this where, he was saying when you're making good decisions, the, the frontal cortex is, is lit up, the front of the brain. And when you're laughing and you're having fun, that, that part of the brain is lit up. And when you make poor decisions, the, the back of the brain is lit up. And that would typically happen when you start you know, worrying about the score, the outcome, you get upset. Even if you're playing doubles and your partner kind of looks at you like you blew it, you know, then then the back of the brain lights up. And then, so basically the signal from the brain to the muscles gets disrupted. And so you play worse. So his whole philosophy is, you know, was, was laugh and win or one of his philosophies. So it's so important to try to keep people in the front of the brain, you know, to say, stay in the moment. Obviously that's part of it, but, but to uh, enjoy the process, those types of things. You know, at tennis, we talk about their strengths and weaknesses. You know, you, you have to really still work on your strengths. You know, people would say, okay, in practice, you're going to spend more time on your weaknesses. Yeah. But match play, and some people turn that around. Um, you want to turn your weaknesses into in, in strengths. They can't be that. Your weaknesses can't be the, what's going to sink the ship. Yeah. But once you find out the motor programming, like say for kid, for example, a lot of kids mumble. You know, they, they just mumble. Yeah. It's like they got a mouthful of marbles. Yeah. And you, you can't hear them. And you make a point. Uh, because if you think about what someone has to do in tennis, there's going to be a time where there's a confrontation and there's a bad line call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the umpire is going to come out. And the extrovert needs to be told, let the other kid talk first. Yeah. You know, then you could use every segment is that, you know, think it out, you know, Arthur asked you to say, if someone's cheating you, you either go after the second or third point. You calmly just say, I think it'll be better for us. If there's a, a guy so calm, cool, collected, the late Arthur Ashe, it'll be better if we just go get a lion's person. I'll go get a lion's person. You mm-hmm. come back and you don't, don't let them steal of your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's amazing um, when a kid is cheated. The, the parents, you know, if the parents, if they're an extroverted feeler, they become so dramatic and then, they're yapping. They're telling everybody in the neighborhood, anybody will listen to them. Oh, like my kid got cheated so bad. Every game went to deuce. And, mm. Oh, this ball was so far in. Right. And But everything, if you just think about all the different scenarios are going to add up. And so, you know, say someone is, um, that's they're not strength. They're not strong when it comes down to uh, the motor program for speaking skills. But it's like, okay, we know you're weak at that. Yeah. And that's why we're going to have you say good morning to people. Right. That's why we're going to have you shake hands. Yeah. And that's why that's why we are coaching. It's not just the forehand. It's yeah. not just grip, swing, body. That's where, like you said, you know, with, with your tennis game, yeah, you got to work on your strengths. You know, if you got a great forehand or whatever, you got to keep making sure you, you have that. When I was talking to Jeremy today. I, I was asking him about the brain types that, you know, let's say you're genetically wired to – you know, you're fine motor skilled, so you're going to be proficient there. You're genetically wired from the finger to the elbow. Should you work on really maximizing that, or should you work more on your weaknesses? And, and he was saying that you would want to work on your weaknesses, that that would go further, because you're, you're going to have that 
already dominant. Hey, I'm going to be good, just inborn, innately good with my forearm. So work on your gross motor skill. And if you're gross motor skilled, work on your fine motor skills. You know, and then the NF we know is okay. Tendency to more um, fine motor skills. So work on gross motor skills, and then same with the NT. More more fine, and then just you know if you're the J and the P, you got to like you said the character kind of things too. Where okay, get organized, have a plan. If you're an introvert, learn to extrovert. If you're an extrovert, learn to introvert. Learn to listen. So I think the whole thing for me is. Obviously, in relating to other people, it's so great and helping someone, but also yourself to try to be more balanced. Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, you know you're a redneck if. Mm -hmm. For example, the minister, the priest, the rabbi, they're reading their wedding vows, and out of the corner of your eye, you're watching a football game on ESPN. (laughs) If that's the case, you know you're a redneck. But anyway... I think of flipping that around. You know you're redneck if. You know you're a tennis player if you can string rackets. Yeah. You can skip rope. Yeah, we have a whole list of that, huh? Yeah, but yeah. you also, too, on a regular basis, <clears throat> you should have people play with their opposite hand. Have people play with their opposite hand. And you know, and they cannot play a two-handed backhand because they have right-handed yeah. forehand. They go, oh, my, yeah. excuse me, they have a two-handed backhand. You're cheating. So their left-handed forehand is pretty good. Yeah. And they're running around and everything. No, no, no. You got to hit a one-handed backhand. Yeah. And then brain typing, you know, the personality. How are they going to handle it? Oh, it's a joke. No, it's not a joke. Yeah. It's not a joke. No, we don't, don't want you to serve this way. And if you're actually practicing left hand, it's been proven that you're building myelin for your dominant side. If, you, if you're left playing lefty and you're righty. Yeah, that's great. But it's, um, you know, then, then you can, you know, because people can be very programmed, um, but it, if you haven't played their opposite hand, then you can, it's pretty easy to see if they're more fine motor skilled or gross motor skilled. Yeah. Kind of a trick of the trade, really. Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, I hope this has been really informative. Again, I think it's just we're, we're sort of just touching base on this, and, and maybe in the future we'll be able to get, you know, Jeremy or John on here. We could, we could interview them and go through this. Yeah, let me, let me just say this. Is that you have to observe. Here are some examples. Brain typing. What happens in a meeting? You know, we have kids, all right, get your chair, put your notebook on your chair, you put your pencil on the chair or a pen. And it's, you know, the the J's, okay, I'm organized, the P's, no notebook, no pen. <laughs> and then we tell people every day, just three things, take your note to a journal. <laughs> and our standard is, is lower. We used to check the journals yeah. um, with, um, you know, some people like the J's will make a list if you really know you're a capital J, if you've already done something, but you put it on your list so you can check it off. You know, so J's can be like over the top, you know, where there it's, you know, you say for uh, group dynamics, all the variables in tennis. I think people that are new to teaching tennis, and that's really all I really know is that if you haven't been teaching tennis for 10 years, you should have a lesson plan that becomes a, a you know, a guideline. Yeah. But, it, you know, if, if you've taught over 10, 10 years, it's like, okay, I can, I can go out and make this happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like say you're at a dinner table. I mentioned riding in a van. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Buying presents, giving presents, opening presents up. There's just so many ways. Okay, let me just, let me just check this out. Let me just see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up balls. Yeah. 
picking up balls, putting away equipment um, with, um, you know, the, a day off. Um, Jay's plan on doing nothing. Well, I got a plan for doing nothing. Whereas, <laughs> oh, no, you just need to be relaxed. The Jay's, okay, you need to relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, ego definitely comes into it. It helps out people have a better feeling for it. Um, how people respond. Um, you know, like say this, the, the feelers, that's unfair. Well, hey, kid, rule number one, <laughs> life's, not fair. life's unfair. I mean, that's Bill Gates. Our, our, what's our first rule is do just the opposite of what you want to want to do. But, um, you know, that another thing, too, is that if all these different, uh, I mean, the pet peeve for me, kid misses a shot and they look at their racket. Yeah. Get over here. That's a problem. Right. It's not the racket. You know, I was telling somebody the other day. Well, rackets. If you like blue, buy blue. That's a that's a brain a brain line. You like red, buy red. Yeah, buy blue. Um, but when it comes down to, um, like tennis owes you something. That's another brain brainism. Tennis owes you nothing. You know the gratitude. Kids have these cell phones, or some of the kids come and stay with us every day. Call your parents up, tell me you love them, say thank you. Yeah, and then don't have it be about you. Ha- ask them if they're if they're asking you what you had for dinner. Yeah, be refreshing. It's it's, it's it's just too much yeah. human contact, and, yeah. and then you know, cut the umbilical cord. It's just too much, mm-hmm. and kids and kids up ends up they end up growing up at too slow rate. When you do sign up for competitive tennis, mom and dad, I mean, you're signing up like, okay, I got to grow up faster. Oh, we're still going to make it fun, but it's serious fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not hit and giggle because yeah. in the end. If you sign up for tournament tennis and those are your expectations, it, there won't be a lot of giggling. Yeah. But, um, no, I think to have Jeremy on or his dad, his dad uh, has had some problems with his health, correct? For, for yeah. some time now, right? I've heard that from yeah, Vic years yeah. ago. So Yeah. He's hanging in there. Um, I just wanted to let listeners know, if you want to find out more information, check out braintypes.com. And then also... Um, beyondpersonality.com. And that's where Jeremy offers services. Um, say that one more time. Where is that? Beyond? Beyondpersonality.com. And he also told me he's coming out with a book soon. Hopefully the aim is for next year sometime. So I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put it on a piece of confetti. <laughs> with, uh, but also, two listeners, is Myers-Briggs. It goes way back. Yeah. Talked about Carl Jung, and it's, uh, there's so much history to it. It's it's really just another tool. It's an instrument. Yeah. You know, if it's a musical instrument, it's going to take you a long time to get to a really high level. Um, I've used it, I would say, in a different way. Not that Andy doesn't use it for personality. Andy definitely uh, uses it much more for, for motor programming. Yeah, motor, it, motor skills. Motor skills. Yeah. And I think that's where you have to really go to what the knee noggles have done. But just to get a, a very good handle on the way people are wired is... It's not complicated. ERI, extrovert, introvert, sensate, intuitive, thinker, feeler, judger, perceiver. Yep. And um, let me just go through this one scenario. So a young kid's going to go to a slumber party. Okay, it's a little 10-year-old girl. She comes in, sees the coach, and she has a total palm-up surf. Pizza position, pull down, patty cake, hit an underspin, goes in the box every time. Hmm. And But she's also... During the assessments, put down, I want to go to Stanford. I want to go to Duke. I want to be big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, you know, play Grand Slams, whatever the goal may be. And, but she has a doubles tournament coming up 
that's connected with a slumber party with her partner. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to the mom. You know, it could be the dad. But you're talking to usually one parent because it's not usually two of them there. Yeah. And, okay, so it's an extrovert, right? So where does the energy go? Could be an introvert, but it's an extrovert. Now it's an, it's an S. They're in the moment. Well, the tournament's coming up. No, we've already signed up. You're talking about the, you're talking about the parent here or the, or the, the No, so both. The, the, yeah. the 10-year-old's playing a mixed or playing a doubles tournament. Yeah. Got a partner. They're having a sleepover. Mm-hmm. It's an upcoming event. It's a week away, two weeks away. And your delivery is, I would recommend that you take some time off from tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't. <laughs> Excuse me. And then I think that commitment is like, well, when can you take some time off? Yeah. And that's one problem with junior tennis is it goes 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. And years ago, the kids would play different sports in different seasons. Yep. But a little, a simple scenario like that. So now they're a feeler. So the mom and the daughter, and they're thinking about the feelings of the, yeah. the, the their partner. Yeah. And then it's go with the flow. It's a P. No, we signed up. Yeah. And there's no, the J, okay, there's a little bit more of a plan. So now what we need to do, you know, you need to change your grip. You need to do this. You need to do that. So I think what happens is too much time goes by. And you think if somebody has goals to be a competitive player and say junior tennis and it's an hourglass, I think, okay. And it's like the sand is sipping through mm. and you know, the, the sooner, the better, but the, the yeah. for me, it's a tool. It's an instrument. It doesn't put anybody in a box, but it's, it's a system that's been around it's not just for job placements at colleges and universities, yeah. but it'll help you understand yourself better. And then also, you know, read the junior the way they're wired, um, how they interact with other juniors. But I think most importantly too, the parenting. Yeah. Siblings come into it too. But um, anyway, yeah. likewise, like Andy said, I hope our listeners got something out of this. Yeah. So again, uh, beyondpersonality.com, braintypes.com. You can check out our free educational courses on, GreatBaseTennis.com. Check us out on social media at GreatBaseTennis. If you've got any other questions, you can email us info at GreatBaseTennis.com. And until next week, this is Andy Patel with Steve Smith signing off. Adios, amigos. We've been saying that a lot on our... Thank you very much. Adios, amigos. And I'll tell Andy the brain type for Andy is D-U-M-B. No, no, no. He's a genius. He's a genius. But that's not four letters. Acronym, four letters. Look him up on YouTube. Have some fun. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, guys.